Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's, Let's go, go to, to court. court. On this episode, I'll talk about nothing. And I'll be talking about the murder of Randy Sheridan. Ooh, I took a little peeky week at your sources. Looks oh, yeah? like a local one. Ooh. Wonderful powers of deduction. <laughs> All right. You don't have to condescend to me. <laughs> Very rude. <laughs> it does take place in Kansas, which is the state adjacent to the state which we are currently in. Well, this is the fabulous banter we've become known for, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> no, I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit right off the top here. Yeah. yeah. Off the tippy top. Yeah. I wanted to say thank you to everyone who reached out after last week's episode. Um, oh, last week was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so for anyone who hasn't listened to last week's episode, we had to put Peanut down on a Monday evening, and then we recorded on Wednesday. On Wednesday, yeah. And I remember at the time thinking, this is terrible. I don't know why. I went through with this. I remember thinking, like, I wish you would have just come over. We would have had lunch, and then that would have been it. Would have been it, yeah. But now that the episode is out there, I'm actually really glad that we did record that episode. Yeah. Because I think sometimes sometimes this podcast acts as, like, a snapshot Uh of our lives at individual moments. And the way I was feeling about... Losing Peanut at that moment was so unique to those first couple days. Yeah. Because in that episode, I was still struggling with feeling guilty Mm -hmm. about putting her down and wondering, oh, my God, could we have had another day with her? Could we have had another two days with her? Right. And it's so funny to listen to that now and to even listen to that like just, you know, we we listen to the edits over the weekend. and. My perspective had totally shifted by then because by that point, I was able to see that realistically, Peanut was going to live probably, I mean, maybe another 24 hours. Right. And and it would have been an extremely painful 24 hours for her. And I would have never forgiven myself. Norman would have never forgiven himself if we'd let her die that way. Yeah. Um. I think it just goes to show how incredibly difficult it is to let your pet go. Oh, my gosh. Yes, absolutely. And they just I mean, they're your family members, they're your children. Mm -hmm. They're yeah, it's yeah, it's a extremely unique relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I don't know. It's funny, though, because I always I thought, you know, if you had asked me. Hey, you're going to be in a scenario where Peanut, you know, has a disease that's going to end her life. Yeah. 
And one day she can't drink water. She can't eat. She's having trouble breathing. What do you do? I'd be like, well, I think the, the answer is quite simple. Yeah. And it's when it's your pet. It's, it's not. just not. It's not. Um, so I don't know. I, I hope that helps anybody I, out there. I think it absolutely has. And the feedback people have given. has Yeah. Been, yeah. Someone in the Discord, and I can't remember their name, but I'm I'm so glad they said this. This was a huge help to me and to Norman. She said that when she was in that same position, her veterinarian said to her, better a day early than a day late. Yeah. And wow, is that true? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we let Peanut go at the onset of her suffering. And yeah. now, now <laughs> it's funny, a week later... I look back on that and I think I've never been more proud of a decision that Absolutely. I've made because that was so hard. But yeah, God, coming home from the vet and not having your pet with you, it just feels like the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, well, th- this can't possibly have been the right, right. thing. Yeah. Ugh. Mm. Sweet Panut. Miss that girl. So the most beloved dog. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. All other dogs suck. <laughs> If you've got a dog next to you right now, it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Dogs are great. Dogs are great. We don't deserve them. No. No, we don't. So anyway, I just wanted to say that and thank you to everybody who reached out. It was really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 See? <laughs> Including that old-timey gangster, see? <laughs> you miss your dog, see? Stop it. <laughs> Kristen, did um, you watch that uh, Super Bowl this week? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had, it was terrible. I had to have Norman explain to me what was what, happening. What went so horribly wrong? I thought we were supposed to be good at this game. Oh, no. It was so, so bad. I've never gone from being so excited for a game to just, like, completely feeling, like, dejected so fast. I kind of say that was real lame. It was. It was a super lame game. It was terrible. Uh It was terrible. Yeah. It was real, real bad. Well, unless you're a Buccaneers fan. Uh, yeah, if you're a Buccaneers fan, I'm sure it In which was case, great. hats off to you. Congrats, Tampa well, can Bay. Can you imagine? Like, I mean, you'd just basically be drunk and happy the whole time, well, yeah. right? Because it's like, well, you're not even putting up a fight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, enough about speaking of murder. Mm. <laughs> Here we go. <clears throat> Speaking of the Chiefs being murdered by the Buccaneers, should we talk about a murder? I've it's got a question. It's not like a real upbeat murder. Just well, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They're so often upbeat. I've got a question. What? The last name Sheridan. Yeah. Any relation to Sheridan's frozen it custard? Is the owner of the custard company? No, you're making it's that not, up. I'm making you that up. Sure. No, no relation to my knowledge to the. The fabulous frozen cu- heirs to the cr- custard fortune. <laughs> Can you imagine being an heir to a custard fortune? <gasps> that sounds like your dream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would yeah. be better than like a an actual fortune. <laughs> if you Think were about just it. Rich in custard. Think oh, about the, it. What were the things you like? The raz- What's the raspberry thing from custard? The razzle vajazzle. When they throw raspberries at your vagina. At your vagina. It's cooling. 
<laughs> no. Okay, let me tell you what I love okay. from Sheridan's frozen custard. Is it local only? Yeah, or? it's local. Okay, okay. Yeah. You guys, let me just, I'm going to paint a picture <laughs> with words. Okay, the last time we talked about custard, our international listeners did not know what the fuck we were talking about. I know, and that's how we ruled out international travel. <laughs> <laughs> no, check this out. It is a very moist chocolate bunt cake. Uh huh. Very small. Okay. Mini bunt, a buntlet, if you will. Please do not add to what I'm <laughs> painting to the picture I'm painting here. I apologize. Okay. There's vanilla frozen custard, mm-hmm. which is like super thick, creamy ice cream. Delicious. Yeah. There's hot fudge mm-hmm. all over it. There's oh delicious raspberries and a raspberry sauce. Don't make that face. It's and on those raspberries are little tiny hairs and seeds. <laughs> it's delicious. In high school, I was so in love with this dessert. Still am. Mm-hmm. But I was so in love, and you told me no. I that sounds gross. I don't like raspberries. And I was like, Brandy, you will love it. I am buying it for you. And then you took a few bites. You were like, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't like, like it. it. <laughs> so I think I got two razzle-dazzles that did, day. Because I didn't eat it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Razzle-dazzle, huh? So that's, that's what it's called? Yeah. All right. Well, this is a different Sheridan family, to okay. my knowledge. That's not a the, shame. Not the owners of the But no, for real. Sheridan's can you imagine? Custard. Oh, you're, okay, amazing. first of all, yeah. you're rich from custard. Yeah. Um, you're obviously not super rich. Super rich, but you know, you're but doing, you're, you're doing you're, all right. You're doing well. Yeah. You're doing well. And you get all the custard you want all the time. And when you tell people, oh, my name is Brandy Sheridan, everyone's face lights up. They're like, <laughs> oh my God, I love the Razzle Vajazzle. And you're like, of course you do. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> does. <laughs> That'd be the best way to be rich. That'd be good. Yeah. It'd be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some people are rich from like running sweatshops and stuff. Well, yeah, I don't want to not be rich. the Sheridans people. <laughs> not the Sheridans people. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd be pretty good. Your lack of enthusiasm <laughs> is just not welcome here. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Randy Sheridan's murder. Okay. Shout out to Oxygen. The majority of this info comes from. <laughs> Their coverage of the case. What are you laughing at? My hands? Sorry, no. I did jazz hands? I was thinking of like, oh, like shout oxygen. Out to oxygen in general for keeping <laughs> for us keeping alive. Keeping me alive. <laughs> All these years never failed me. <laughs> Serious time. All right. It was around 3.15 in the afternoon on December 22nd, 1992, when a shocking discovery was made along the side of the road in Junction City, Kansas. Do you know Junction City, Kansas, Kristen? I think I do. It's about two hours west of Kansas City on I-70. It's um, where Fort Riley is. Okay, okay. It's like basically almost to Manhattan. All right. Okay. Boy, I'm glad I didn't take a guess because I was going to be way (laughs) Way off. off. Yep. (laughs) I threw in that last part about almost to Manhattan. I feel like somebody's going to call me out and be like, actually, it's um, it's past Manhattan, or actually, it's like 30 more minutes to Manhattan. So just forget I said that part. My favorite part <laughs> is when people come out and they tell you things you got wrong. <laughs> it's my least favorite part, Kristen. Because <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is one of the ways that you and I are different. Yeah. I really don't. You don't give a shit. No, yeah. no. 
that's the tough thing about being smart, Brandy. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough for you because it is tough because my, my I admitted this in the Discord today. Yeah. My one of my biggest fears is sounding uneducated. Yeah, and so I have then chosen to speak in front of a microphone for <laughs> two hours a week every week uh-huh. and just record everything I say. Uh-huh. <laughs> but see, I have never thought of myself as particularly smart at all. And so when I mess something up, I'm just like, yeah, that's, that happens a lot. The way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> just another day in paradise. All right, so shocking discovery is made. It's Listen, 3.15. don't exasperate the problem, Brandy. Stop it, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exacerbated. You by the number of times you mess up words. <laughs> it was 3.15 in the afternoon, Chris, in December 22nd, 1992, when a shocking discovery was made. Hmm. It was the body of 40-year-old Randy Sheridan. He was lying face up on the gravel on the side of the road, and he'd been shot five times with a shotgun. Oh. He'd been shot twice in the chest, once in the neck, and twice in the head. While it was clear that Randy was dead, his body was still warm to the touch. An autopsy would later determine, based on the trajectory of the shots, that while Randy had been out for a run on an unseasonably warm December day, someone had driven up alongside him and shot him from inside the vehicle three times. Then, once he'd fallen onto the ground, the shooter had gotten out of the car and shot Randy twice in the head at close range. In fact, one of the shots had been a contact shot. Authorities were stunned by the brutality of this crime. Things like this just didn't happen in Junction City, Kansas. Junction City's not super small. I think it's like 20,000 people. But he lived in a particularly rural part Mm -hmm. of Junction City. So this was like, yeah, it looked like a hit. Well, it was, right? Yeah, I mean... mean, (laughs) Was it, Kristen? (laughs) Well, I mean, the dude was shot five Five times. Five times, yeah. Shortly after the discovery, authorities went to the home that Randy shared with his partner, Judy Jungins. Jungins? Jungins. Okay. Or Youngins, maybe. Okay. Could be like a, you know, like a Carl Young situation, where it's like a J in the front. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, To deliver the news of Randy's death. Judy was shocked and devastated by the news. She told authorities that she had just spoken to Randy around 3 o'clock that afternoon. He told her he was going for a run, and obviously that story checked out. Randy was wearing a jogging suit and was found dead less than a mile from his house. Judy consented to allowing the police to search her home, and while they found no evidence of the crime there, they did sit down with Judy and get a lot of helpful information. Judy admitted to investigators that she and Randy had a very complicated relationship. They had married in 1981, but they had separated within a year and divorced shortly after that. They'd reconciled a couple of times, even remarrying once, but they divorced again following that marriage. Then, in 1986, they'd reconciled again, though they hadn't remarried that time. And then they'd had a daughter together. And things had been really good for the couple since welcoming their daughter. The stress in their life was not coming from inside their marriage. 
which didn't exist because they were divorced. No. I'm going to hit that again. The stress. No, and th- don't. <laughs> we will keep all of your errors in this podcast. Damn it. <laughs> Randy, are you familiar with like what a marriage is? I need that explained to you. Judy then told investigators that Randy was in the middle of a major custody battle over his other daughter. So during one of their off periods, Randy had had this like fling or relationship or affair, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. with this woman named Dana Flynn. Dana was 10 years younger than Randy. And according to Randy, their relationship had never been serious. What were their ages when they got together? Mm. Mm-hmm. 25 and 35. Oh, okay. Maybe. Maybe okay. maybe 23 and 33. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they'd been kind of on again, off again, and then... They'd had just not a serious relationship, just, you know, hooking up here and there. Mm -hmm. And then in 1985, Dana had given birth to a daughter and she told Randy that he was the father. Following confirmation of that claim through a paternity test, Randy had set up regular visitations, paid child support, done all the stuff. He was a present figure in his daughter's life. And Randy and Dana had been able to have a mostly peaceful co-parenting relationship. That was until a couple of years before this. Judy told investigators that Dana started fighting over visitation towards the end of 1989. At first, it started with Dana simply refusing to hand over their daughter for agreed-upon weekend visits. But when Randy threatened to take Dana to court over it, she agreed to follow the visitation schedule. But when Randy would pick up his daughter, she would cry and scream and fight and... On multiple occasions, she, a young child, Mm -hmm. like five years old, six years old, she accused Randy of being the devil or doing the devil's work. Super weird shit for a small child to say. This behavior would only go on like on Friday night, though. On Saturday morning... The girl would wake up happy and the weekend would be fine. Randy's daughter with Dana was very close in age to his daughter with Judy. And after getting through those weird Friday night antics, the family would have a great weekend together. Mm -hmm. Randy was so concerned about what his daughter might be being exposed to at her mother's house that he started taking her to a child psychologist. And around that time, Dana again put up a fight with the visitation schedule. This time, though, she made claims that Randy was molesting their daughter. She made this claim on two separate occasions, and both times a full investigation was launched by Kansas SRS and the Department of Family Services. On both occasions, the investigators found the claims to be without merit. They found no indication of any abuse having occurred. And in fact, they actually believed that Dana was heavily influencing and coaching her daughter in these claims. Oh, God, that's fucked up. Yeah. The evaluators in both cases. So these has been there's two separate investigations with two separate teams of people investigating it. Mm -hmm. 
And in both cases, they noted that they were concerned that there was coaching going on with the child and that the allegations and the manner in which they were being made were done in an effort by Dana to gain an advantage in a child custody dispute. This information was relayed to Dana's attorney, and he basically told her, look, this is very serious. Mm -hmm. Knock it off or you're at risk of getting your daughter taken away. Right. Right. Yeah. But that ship had kind of sailed at this point because Randy had had enough and he had already started the process of getting primary custody of his daughter. Mm -hmm. In going through this process, Randy decided to reach out to Dana's ex-husband, Steve Flynn. So he knew that Dana and Steve had a daughter or had a son together. He asked him if he'd been having custody issues or behavioral issues. And Steve had a very similar story to tell. On the occasions that he was able to see his son, he'd pick him up and his three-year-old son would scream and fight and say he didn't want to be away from his mom. And then he'd tell Steve that he was of the devil. Oh, Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. Steve told Randy that he knew where this influence was coming from. When Steve and Dana were... The devil. The devil, that's right. When Steve and Dana were still married, they began attending the Pentecostal Fountain of Life Church in Salina, Kansas. The church was led by Pastor Jerry A. Rollins. Pastor Rollins was known to speak in tongues and claim to be one of God's prophets. Cool. Super cool. It's just amazing when you can run into one of God's God's prophets prophets. (laughs) just out here at Salina, Kansas. How lucky are we? Uh Uh-huh. It was right about the time that they began attending this new church that the custody and behavioral issues really started to ramp up between Randy and Dana. Mm Mm-hmm. Randy had used this as leverage in his custody suit, arguing that his daughter was being influenced by some pretty out there ideologies and that this church was really teetering on the edge of cult status. Yeah. Yeah. And Judy told investigators that Randy's custody case was going really well. They had actually just had a hearing the day before Randy was murdered. to determine whether or not Randy's daughter could join the family on a ski trip to Colorado for Christmas. And the court had determined that she could. This was a big win for Randy. Yeah. And a big blow for Dana. It showed that the court was leaning in Randy's favor. And Randy's attorney believed a decision would be reached in the overall matter of custody with like right after the first of the year. Yeah. The day that Randy was shot and killed was the day that Dana was supposed to hand over custody for the ski trip. Oh, my God. Investigators had heard enough. They were like, we got to go speak to Dana, like, right this minute. Mm -hmm. And they also thought they ought to pay Pastor Rollins a visit as well, see what was going on in that He seems like a pretty busy guy. He's a prophet. He was probably busy talking to God at the time. And washing blood off his hands. (laughs) Oh, If I'm wrong, just tell me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Just as they were wrapping up their interview with Judy, she remembered something that had happened the week before. Randy and Judy had gotten two phone calls in the middle of the night, somewhere between 3.30 and 4 a.m. Judy had picked up the first call, and there was no one there. When she answered the second call, she heard a male voice say, die or dead. She couldn't be sure which one. But Randy had, like, grabbed the phone away from her and taken over, and he had said a couple things and then listened, and then he had said, why don't you grow up, Mikey? Which was the nickname of Dana Flynn's brother, Michael Dryling. It was like his childhood nickname, Mm -hmm. and he hated it. Oh. Yeah. So after getting all of this information from Judy, the investigator spoke to Randy's attorney to confirm the details that she'd given them about the custody battle. And Mm -hmm. he backed up everything she'd said. It was as good as done. The court was going to decide in Randy's favor. And Dana had been very upset by the previous day's hearing. And... He had one more little tidbit for them. He told them to investigate Jerry Rollins and the Fountain of Life Church. There was definitely something going on there. And so upon leaving Judy that day, that's exactly where they started. They went to Jerry Rollins' house and waited for him to come home. He arrived home that evening with his son, and he allowed detectives to come in and have a talk with them. And they started out by asking him, where he'd been around 3 o'clock that afternoon. And he was like, oh, I was at Walmart at 3 o'clock buying a toothbrush. And they're like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, actually, (laughs) here's my receipt right here in perfect condition for you. Amazing. And they were like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, he literally had it ready to go in his pocket Uh and pulled it out and handed it to them. It was, like, framed. (laughs) (laughs) He'd laminated it. Yes. Amazing. And they're like, okay, well, that's super fucking weird. Uh Uh-huh. And super sus, as the kids say. They sure do. (gasps) Have you heard Mm. that a way... (laughs) That people can tell that you're old is if you use the crying laughing emoji, which I use what? all the time. No, that's yes. a sign that you're old. Yeah, well, apparently the the young kids they they use a little more variety in their emojis. <laughs> anyway, just a little tip. All right, I'm stopping using I'm, that immediately. I'm 23, so I have to tell you these things. <laughs> I learn all of my stuff about the what the hip kids are doing from my fiance, who's twelve. <laughs> wow, Brandy, that's a big step that you can make that joke. <laughs> so they're sitting with the pastor, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Well, yes, here's my alibi on a silver platter. I yeah. was at Walmart buying a single toothbrush." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has anyone ever gone into a Walmart and bought a single no. thing? No. Because why would you go to Walmart to buy a single thing, right? You go to, like, Walgreens or CVS. Here's the thing. I have often gone into a store like Walmart or Target for a single thing, thinking I want this thing. But you never just get the one thing. I'm not going to go to Walmart, though, for a toothbrush. No. Because I got to walk through the whole store to get the toothbrush and then walk through their one checkout line. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Walgreens. What about the ambiance of a Walmart? No. So yeah. Nice. I just love how my feet stick to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful there. I might go 
Now, this is my snobbery showing. I might go to Target for a toothbrush, but then I'd just be lying to myself that that's mm-hmm. all I'm going to get mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to wander through the accessories, yep. check out the makeup. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Just look at the baby clothes. Absolutely. I'm going to do all of those things. Yeah. But I am never going to go to Target with the intention of buying one item. Just like I'm not going to go to Walmart with the intention of one item. Yeah. If I'm getting one item, I'm going to a much smaller store. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Please, go into greater detail. You know where I, you know where I go for my toothbrushes? <laughs> Ross. Ross. I'll sell toothbrushes at Ross. <laughs> you probably get an electric toothbrush at Ross. Well... I mean, it'll work one time. Are you kidding me? Probably, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> no shade to Ross. I know. I love Ross. <laughs> you can't buy like a Colgate toothbrush there. You can never go into. I'm sorry. We need to move on from yeah. this. But like, I my thing is like, there are certain stores, Ross, TJ Maxx, yeah. what have you. You can't go in there thinking I want to buy this. No, thing. no, no. It's no. like yeah. I want to see what's what there. they have. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? <laughs> Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? <laughs> so they're in the pastor's hey, home. Wouldn't you think I'm a girl? <laughs> a girl, girl who, who has everything. <laughs> hey, this podcast has too many tangents. That's right, it does. Yes, I'm exacerbated <laughs> by this problem. You guys, <laughs> a couple weeks, was it? Two weeks ago? It was like, yeah, two weeks ago. Brandy said exasperated when she meant exacerbated. Yeah. I didn't catch it in the moment. Yeah. I did hear it on the edit. Oh, I, I, didn't, like, I didn't catch it in the moment, didn't hear it on the edit, would have bet you money that I said exacerbated. Well, I heard it on the edit and I was like, <laughs> fuck, because there's, you know, yeah, there's that no, point, nothing you can do. You, yeah. know, you can't cut the word because you yeah. need. So anyway, I was like, yeah. Brandy is just an idiot. I mean, that's just. <laughs> <laughs> So some people have pointed it out. Brandy's super embarrassed. And now it's a fun thing. Yeah. Is it fun? It's fun for me. <laughs> it's fun because I've never messed up a word. Never. Before. Never. No. no. Anyway, <laughs> back to my story. Shall you exasperate it? <laughs> you guys, Brandy had to flip through a dictionary just to make sure. You stop. So they ask the pastor while they're in his house if they can look around a little bit. And he's mm-hmm. like, sure, I've got nothing to hide here. Mm-hmm. Nothing up my sleeve except this Walmart receipt yep. in perfect condition. And they find a box of shotgun shells in his home. And he acts super fucking weird when they find him. He's like, oh, I've, I've never seen those before. I don't even know how those got there. They must be my son's. My son used to have a, a shotgun, but he doesn't have it anymore. I don't even know what he did with it. I think he sold it, maybe. I'm not sure. Hold the fucking phone. Yeah. You go shoot a guy. <laughs> and you don't get rid of all the evidence? Maybe you didn't shoot the guy. Maybe you gave the supplies to somebody else to shoot the guy. Okay, fair enough, because you're uh-huh. the prophet. You're not going to yeah. get your hands dirty. You don't then get rid of... Right. Right. God didn't give him a big brain, I'll tell you uh, that. Yeah. So he, they're like, 
wow, you sure have a lot to say about those shotgun shells. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. like, um, 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 uh, I really don't know how those got here. Mm-hmm. And they're like, mind if we take them? And he's like, yes, I do mind. Oh. And they're like, okay. No problem. And so they come back Why? with a warrant and they take the shotgun shells. Why did he mind? <laughs> I hate it when I'm just like walking through my house and oopsies. Oh, shotgun, shotgun shells. shells. <laughs> Jeez, where did these come from again? <laughs> so after leaving the pastor's home, they're like, okay, let's go to Dana Flynn's house right now. It was almost one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. They were like, we're going to catch her off guard. This will work to our advantage. She'll be maybe asleep. Maybe we'll catch her like, you know, just kind of waking up and she she won't be able to put, you know, process things as much. She won't be able to yeah. lie to us as quickly. So they go to her house. But Dana's awake. It was like she was expecting them. At and what time did they show up? It was a little after one o'clock in the morning. Hmm. Yeah. So they knock on the door. She comes to the door. She's been awake. She doesn't seem that surprised to see them. And she doesn't. They tell her that Randy has been found murdered. And she has no reaction to it at all. So this is kind of interesting to me because one thing that I saw made a big deal about this, how she didn't have any reaction to this. It was like she already knew it. But I would argue that. Even if she had nothing to do with his murder, Mm -hmm. she would have had to have known by now because he'd never come to pick up his daughter as scheduled. Okay. Yeah. And it's a small town. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. 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 So anyway, they ask her where she'd been that day. And she said that she'd taken her kids to school that morning as usual. And then she'd gone to work. But then when she was at work, she'd been so upset because of the previous day's custody hearing, that she'd actually had to leave work. So she'd left somewhere around noon. She went to a payphone and she called her mom and said... Oh, right, 90s, sorry. Yeah, it's 92. Um, Mom, can you please pick up the kids from school today? I can't do it. I'm just, I'm really upset about Mm -hmm. the events of yesterday. And her mom was like, yeah, no problem. I'll pick up the kids. And then... She went and spent the rest of the day at her mom's house. Called the mom and then... Okay. Uh-huh. And then went and spent the rest of the day there. She was there until at least 7 p.m. Noon to 7 p.m. Hanging out with her mom at her mom's house. Even though she called her mom. <laughs> well, I mean, her mom could say, hey, you seem upset. Why don't you come on over? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. But, but it's probably not. Yeah, the investigators are like, uh-huh, so you called your mom and asked her to pick up the kids, but then you went to your mom's house and you spent the whole rest of the day at your mom's house and only your mom can say that you were at your mom's house. Mm-hmm. She's like, exactly, yes. And they were like, great. And here's a receipt from my mom's house. From my mom's house. <laughs> and so not really getting anywhere with Dana's version of events. And so then they were like, okay, Maybe we should talk to Michael because Judy had said that they had gotten that threatening phone call the week before. Mm -hmm. And so the next I think they waited until the next morning. They go and talk to Michael. This is Dana's brother. He and Dana worked together and Michael had not worked that day either. But he had a whole reason why. So his knee was bothering him and he had 
a like a consult with like an orthopedic surgeon that day to get his knee looked at. And so he'd taken off work because he couldn't work with the bad knee. And so he'd spent the whole afternoon with his sister Dana at her house. Oh, wow. And they were like, oh, yeah, you were with your sister Dana. Did these people really not figure out like, <laughs> right? hey, we've got to get it's our like stories straight? they didn't straight? talk at all. Yeah. Have they ever watched Dateline? Apparently not. Apparently not. So they're like, okay, so you spent the whole afternoon with Dana at, at Dana's, Dana's house. house. And he's like, yes, I was there all afternoon. Hmm. And they're like, are you sure about that? And he's like, no. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, okay. I drove by Dana's house okay. and I saw her car there. And then my girlfriend took me to my doctor's appointment for my knee and I had that. And so, no, I was never at Dana's house, but I did see Dana at her house when I drove by. All right. And they were like, cool, excellent. And so they're like, okay, well, these guys are fucking lying. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Mm -hmm. they have no alibi for the time that... Randy Sheridan was murdered. Yeah. So they're putting together a pretty good idea of what had happened. But they still wanted to do some more looking into how involved Jerry Rollins was in all of this. Mm -hmm. And so they go and they talked to Jerry Rollins' ex-wife, Leanna Rollins. So she, they were kind of routed there by some members of the church. They started talking to different members of the church about this Why same time. Why did she divorce a prophet? I mean, what so an opportunity here, to be. I will tell you why, okay. Kristen. Okay. Leanna Rollins thought Dana was great. Very uh, constant member of the church. Very involved. Mm-hmm. Sought some marriage counseling from Jerry when she was having troubles with her, oh, with her no. marriage. Um. Didn't work out. Dana ended up getting divorced. And for a time, Dana didn't have anywhere to live after her divorce. Oh, my God. And so she moved in with Jerry and Leanna Rollins. Uh They took her in, her and her kids, and they stayed there for a while. And then one morning, Leanna woke up. And Jerry wasn't in bed. It was really early. So she got up and she was walking through the house. Oh, God. And, and she couldn't find Jerry. He wasn't in the kitchen. He oh, wasn't this in the garage. Sucks. This sucks. And so he, she walked to, to Dana's door and she knocked on Dana's door. And Dana's like, what? I'm just in here getting dressed. And mm-hmm. she's like, have you seen Jerry? And she's like, oh, he just went outside. He's outside. Mm-hmm. And so Leanna went outside, checked the yard. No, Jerry. And at this time, she's like, okay, something is up. Yeah. She goes inside. She goes and she just like whips open (gasps) Dana's door. door, And there's Jerry getting dressed in Dana's bedroom. So she's pissed. Yeah. And Jerry's like, no, no, this is not what it looks like. I am a prophet from God. Oh, my God. I'm simply ministering to her. I got a message from God this morning that I needed to deliver to her. With my penis. Through my penis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Yeah. And so Leanna's like, "Mm mm-mm. At the time, it maybe seemed like she was, like, willing to maybe give him the benefit of the doubt for a second. But she definitely started to have her suspicions from that point that something was going on between Jerry and and Dana. 
Well, that'll do it. And then, a couple days later, Leanna found a receipt. It was from a company called Adam and Eve. Oh, no. Yes. A fine company. <laughs> fine company. <laughs> but not the receipt you want to yes. find when you it suspect your It was an invoice. An yeah, it was an invoice for some sex toys okay. that were purchased in Jerry's name and delivered to Dana's address. Yeah. And that that was enough proof for Leanna. She moved out that day. Yeah. And then filed for for divorce. So she tells investigators this, that, you know, they can say all day long that they are just, you know, he's her mm-hmm. pastor and she's a parishioner, but they are having an affair. Absolutely. And so when they went and did that secondary search of the pastor's house where they went and took the shotgun shells mm-hmm. with the warrant, they also found a couple of things. They found a card, like a greeting card that said, to my wife, blah, 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 something on the on the front. And then on the inside, it said Dana's name and said, love your husband, Jerry. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, okay. no, no, not a fan, mm-hmm. not a fan. And then they also found a copy of that invoice from Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And on the top of it, someone had written, praise the Lord. <laughs> what? Yes. So what? Actually- well, hold on. Why would you even, why would you make a copy of that in the okay. first place? So what happened is news of this invoice spread after Leanna left Jerry. Uh-huh. And so somehow Randy Sheridan got his hands on it, made a bunch of copies of it oh, that said shit. and wrote praise the Lord on the top of it oh, and shit. sent it to a bunch of church members. Randy, that was rude. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's so People yeah. were aware. What did they order off Adam? And I don't know. Randy. All that they Randy. said were, were sex toys. That's, That's a wanna, wide range of things. I know. It could be anything. It could be anything. Yeah. So they continue talking to different members of the church after, you know, getting this information. And they find out that not only were people pretty suspicious that Jerry and Dana were having an affair. Mm-hmm. Jerry was actually giving testimony like on the pulpit as prophecies from God that Randy was evil oh. and that God would intervene. He would take care of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How big was this congregation? Not very big. I, I don't well, get the impression. Yeah, I mean – it wouldn't be. No. It <laughs> would not be. Yeah. Oh. So they are getting all of these pieces and they're like, okay, this looks good. We've got motive. We've got no alibis for both Michael and Dana. We've got opportunity. We've at least found ammunition. Mm-hmm. They never did find a murder weapon. But they didn't think that they had enough. Everything was circumstantial. Yeah. And so they search for the murder weapon, search for their murder weapon. Nothing ever happened. Two years went by. Really? Yes. They didn't feel they had a strong enough case. Okay. I know. I don't know. It seems pretty cut and dry. It sure does. Yeah. I mean, when the criminals are this dumb. Yeah. 
So two years go by, and finally a witness comes forward that says that they saw Dana drive her car through the automatic car wash twice in a row at 5 o'clock on December 22nd. Wow. So first of all, that that totally negates what she said about being at her mom's house. And, hmm. Was she trying to wash blood off of her car? No, you know how sometimes you go through a car wash and you're like, wee, that was fun. I want to <laughs> go again. again. I must go again. <laughs> so following this, they they organize a grand jury. They mm-hmm. present all of this evidence. And an indictment is given for Jerry Rollins, for Dana Flynn, and for Michael Dryling. But something happened. Okay, I only saw this one place, Mm -hmm. but they introduced some piece of evidence that was like newfangled satellite technology. It was a satellite picture of the supposed crime scene. Okay. And they laid out like this is where his body was. This is where a car would have driven. Like they laid all this out. They produced this as evidence for the grand jury. Well, it turns out. That the actual picture that they presented as evidence was taken one year prior to the murder. Oh. Yeah. And so that indictment for all three of them was thrown out because that testimony was misleading. Yeah. They presented it like it was a picture of the crime scene on the day it happened. Yeah. And it wasn't. Yeah. And so they had to throw out that indictment. And then they had to convene another, like the grand jury again Good and present Lord. a whole new thing. And again, they brought down indictments for for Jerry Rollins, Dana Flynn, and Michael Dryling. So Dana and Michael were, were indicted for first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, and conspiracy to commit perjury because they'd lied about mm-hmm. their alibis. They'd lied about yeah. a whole bunch of shit. Anyway, Jerry Rollins was actually charged with the same thing. So they couldn't place him at the crime, but they believed that he had planned this and he'd put it all in motion. Yeah. So that those indictments came down in October of 1994. Almost immediately, Jerry Rollins entered an Alford plea. Oh, wow. He took a deal. Uh-huh. He agreed to plead Alford plea, so essentially mm-hmm. guilty, to... Two counts of aiding a felon. That was it. Yeah. So So the Alford plea is when you it's a basically a guilty plea and where you're basically saying, I acknowledge that you have enough, enough on evidence me. to convict me. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he they I don't know why. I think it's a weird they didn't have anything concrete tying him to this, uh-huh. but that is a hell of a deal. He gets yeah, that, conspiracy that... to commit murder taken completely off there, murder uh-huh. taken completely off there, pleads to two counts of aiding a felon. Did he agree to cooperate? No. he. To, oh, I wow. don't believe he testified. Wow. They just like gave him the uh-huh. sweetheart deal, didn't they? Well, he's a God's prophet. Oh, right. I forgot. He got the prophet deal. <laughs> <laughs> He served four months in prison, and then he went right back to his ministry, just kept on leading his creepy-ass church. Okay. Yeah. I dare you to go there. Oh, I want to go there so bad. You do? 
my God, Brandy. I, just, I mean, just I just want to drive by it. I don't want to go in. They probably suck me right in, Kristen. What if? What if they had a banner out? Mm-hmm. Free cinnamon rolls. <laughs> hmm? Yeah, I'd go in and get a cinnamon roll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what if they were like? Do you have time to talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus no, Christ? No, no, no. That's not how they'd approach you. Uh-huh. You'd be like, oh, my gosh. You've got such a glow about you. Please sit down. There's okay, something special just about you. you fucking wait until I get to the end of this fucking story, Kristen. <laughs> okay. okay. Hold. Keep your fucking pants on. Hold your fucking horses. All right. We will get there. Okay. I'll hold, hold my horses and my pants. Thank you. Okay, so he's taken care of. He takes an Alfred plea, spends four months, bing, bang, boom, he's back on the altar. Okay. Dana and Michael were tried together. At their trial, the prosecution told the jury that this was a simple case. Dana was at serious risk of losing custody of her daughter. So she asked her brother to help her get rid of the obstacle. Mm. They said Dana drove the car, Michael followed fired the shots, and it was all set in motion by Jerry Rollins. The prosecution put witnesses on the stand to testify about the custody battle. They talked about the whole thing. They had current and former church members testify about how Jerry Rollins prophesied and preached from the pulpit that Randy was a bad man, an evil man, and that God would take care of it. Co-workers of Dana and Michael testified that they had each offered money to help them firm up their alibis in what? the months after the murder. What? Yes. Both of them had approached multiple people and were like, hey, if I shoot you 100 bucks, can you say I was hanging out with you at this time on this day? No, I can't, No, Dana. I cannot. No, I cannot. <laughs> what would you do if someone came up to you? Would you immediately call the FBI? <laughs> Absolutely. I wouldn't even stop with the mayor. <laughs> I honestly... I would be thrilled. So would I. I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, oh yeah, really? Oh, Hold on. Hold on. Um, no reason. Can you just say that again real quick <laughs> as I get out my cell phone here? Uh, don't worry. I'm just texting, not recording anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh, it'd be great. Oh, I would lose my mind if someone was like, hey, I need you to help me out. Mm-hmm. Got myself in a sticky situation. Mm-hmm. Can you just say that we were together? At this time, I would have my hair and makeup professionally done for the Dateline and, you know, whatever oxygen program would have me. I wouldn't you wouldn't catch me looking rough. I'd be ready. Yeah, I it would be amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another coworker testified that in the wake of Randy's death, she had offered a consolatory comment about Randy to Dana. And Dana had replied, don't be sorry. He was a wicked and evil man. Oh. Can you imagine? Be like, hey, gosh, I heard about Randy. I'm so sorry. That must be so tough on you and tough on your daughter. Just can't imagine. Yeah. Don't you worry about him. He was an evil man. Yeah, boy, how hard would that have been to just be like, thanks Thanks. so much. Thanks. I appreciate your thoughts Mm -hmm. and concerns. (laughs) (laughs) Keep me in your prayers. Yeah. Oh, no, can't say that. Can't say that. To kind of demonstrate how far Jerry's reach was, like what his powers were mm-hmm. as this prophet, mm-hmm. they had this woman testify that she had met 
Jerry, after he'd like come to Salina from Kansas, he'd sought her out and said that he got a message from God that she was supposed to buy him a church and buy him a house. Oh. And she fucking did it. <laughs> she bought him a $90,000 house uh-huh. and a $150,000 church uh-huh. and was like, well, OK, if God says so, here you go. It's amazing. And then she was like one of his loyal followers. Well, you'd have to be. Yeah. Oh, it's just that easy, huh? I mean, charisma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you really think he was that charismatic? I don't know. The defense's case was that there was a rush to judgment here and that the investigation into this case was a, quote, House built on sand. Mm. (laughs) So many are in Kansas. (laughs) Investigators had heard the information about the custody battle right after Randy's body had been Mm -hmm. discovered. And they determined right there and then that that was the motive and they'd never looked any further. They argued that all the prosecution had against Dana and Michael was circumstantial. They had never found a murder weapon. Plus, they'd never even bothered to look into a whole host of other people who could have had any reason to kill Randy. Because Randy was a womanizer. He had plenty of enemies and jealous exes all over the place. I mean, just look at his relationship history with Judy. He got someone else pregnant just before he got her pregnant. The defense said... This is a quote. Randall Sheridan was involved in things that can get a man killed. Hmm. In their closing arguments, the prosecution admitted that their case was largely circumstantial. But they said there were just too many coincidences to be explained away. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, neither Dana nor Michael had a concrete alibi for the time that Randy Sheridan was murdered. Dana and Michael were both found guilty guilty, and sentenced to life in prison. They would each have to serve 19 years before becoming eligible for parole. To this day, Dana Flynn maintains her innocence and claims she never had anything more than a pastor-parishioner relationship with Jerry Rollins. Dana has been denied parole twice. And the parole board cites her reluctance to claim responsibility for her actions as the driving force behind those denials. Hmm. She will be eligible for parole again in 2022. Wow. Michael Dryling served 23 years of his sentence before being released on parole in October of 2019. Following his release, he gave an exclusive interview to snapped where he admitted publicly for the first time <gasps> that he shot Randy Sheridan. Wow. I'm going to share some snippets of this yeah, interview please. with you. This is what Randy said. The irony is when you're in a cult, you don't know it. Mm. Jerry was charismatic. He made people feel special and unique. My family was lower middle class, very common, but Jerry had a way of making us feel like God looked at us with particular favor and was really going to bless us. 
He said that Dana had several conversations with him about Randy sexually abusing their daughter. He said, I think she wanted to reinforce the idea with me and keep reinforcing it a few times to where it would build up. And finally, you know, it would make me feel like there was something that had to be done. While this was going on, while he was getting all of this information Mm -hmm. fed to him by Dana, Jerry Rollins was also preaching from the pulpit about how Randy was this horrible man. He was evil and God needed to do something and God would do something. He said Randy was demonized more and more as time went by. That created, I think, a thought in people's minds that he was less than human or if something were to happen, it really wouldn't be a loss. He said in 1992, in fall of 1992, Dana asked him to show her how to use a shotgun. She told him that the weapon was Jerry Rollins. He said, I don't know where she got it, but it was his that he had given Dana to use. And then she told him that there was a dark reason that she needed to learn how to shoot. Michael said, Dana wanted to kill Randy. That was the solution to her problem of her daughter being molested or supposedly being molested. Mm -hmm. I couldn't know for sure, but it might have been a plan for her to kill him by herself. And then she adapted the plan at some point or changed it to include me. He said that after Dana asked for his help, he became more and more conflicted about it. He believed that it contradicted his religious beliefs. And so he sought counsel from Jerry Rollins. He said, I arranged to meet with him and have a private conversation without Dana there. He said, let's pray about it. And after the prayer, he said, I believe God wants this to happen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Michael Dryling said in this interview with Oxygen, Ultimately, it was Jerry's persuasion and persistence that convinced me to perceive that this was a righteous thing to do and agree to do it. I mean, the way it was done was textbook cult doctrine. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So he I can't believe he admitted it. I know. So he's being fed all of this information. Yeah, your niece is being molested. Her fa- her father is an evil man. His pastor, who he trusts and believes in, is uh-huh. preaching that as God's prophecy from the altar of their church. And yeah. then his sister reaches out to him and is like, I need you to help me with this. And he's so conflicted because obviously murder goes against his religious beliefs mm-hmm. that he goes and has a private meeting with his pastor. And his pastor's like, yeah, let's pray on it. Yep, God wants you to do it. And that man got four months. Yeah. Yeah. Does that guy still preach there? I believe so. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So originally, he tells the he in this interview, he says originally the plan was that they would go to Randy Sheridan's house on December 20th. That would be the day before. The big custody hearing. Yeah. And they'd go there and they'd they'd surprise him and they'd shoot him at his house. Mm-hmm. Only when they got there, 
He wasn't alone. Judy was there and his other daughter was there. And Dana was like, We're, we just got to do it. You've just got to do it. You got to do it right now. But you're going to have to kill everybody because we can't leave oh, any witnesses. God. And so Michael was like, absolutely not. Nope. I'm out. I'm done. He said he freaked out. Yeah. And they left. He said, that's when I changed my mind. And I ran because I couldn't do that. And then it was December 22nd, 1992. Michael said Dana called him that morning and told him it was the day. And so that afternoon, they drove over to Randy Sheridan's house. He said, we arrived and we saw him jogging on the road. Dana said, well, there he is. That's the sign that we're looking for. She That's said, the sign? That's the sign. God wants this done. So Dana stopped the car, which got Randy's attention. Mm-hmm. He turned around. It was clear that he recognized Dana. He was like, he like put his hands up and Dana yelled, now, now. And so Michael pulled out the shotgun and he shot Randy three times. And Randy fell to the ground. Michael said, when Randy fell to the ground, that's when I stopped. The gravity of it really started to sink into me at that time, just how wrong this was. He said that despite the fact that he was seriously wounded, Randy was still alive. And Dana told him he needed to finish him off. And he refused. He said, I don't remember saying anything. So she took the gun from me and went over and fired the last two shots. Then she got back in the car and told him he needed to get rid of the weapon. In this interview, he says that at the time of his arrest, he still believed that Randy was a bad person. Right. He believed that he was molesting his niece. Mm -hmm. He believed all of that. He said he didn't see the truth until he was sitting on trial. Shit. He said, I realized that Dana and Jerry would lie about anything to get their way about whatever they wanted done. At the end of his interview, he said he knows that nothing he says can ever make amends for his crimes, Mm -hmm. but he hopes that his willingness to be open and honest about Randy's murder can bring some solace to Randy's family. And he finished by saying, I know that Dana still claims that she's innocent and didn't have anything to do with this, but I don't understand that. Why not tell the truth at this point? I agree. Yeah. One article. Okay, and I only saw this one place. So there's a snapped episode about this case. Right. And at the end of the snapped episode, it says that Randy and Dana's daughter was raised by Dana's family. Mm-hmm. Following his murder. Mm-hmm. Another article says that Jerry Rollins became her legal guardian. Oh, shit. I hope that that is not true. Ooh. That is terrifying. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, Jerry a- Rollins, yeah, served four, four months. Ooh. Dana, still in prison to this day, refuses to take... Still maintains her innocence, says she never Uh was in a relationship with Pastor Rollins. Oh, good Lord, give it up. I know, right? Give it up, yeah. What's the point of that? Yeah, and Michael feels like he was completely led astray by the people he trusted most. Wow. 
God wants this to happen. Ugh, spiritual abuse. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't get over the part where he's like, he's like, I felt so conflicted. I know this is against my religion, so I'm going to go talk to my pastor about it. And my pastor prays on it and says, nope, yep, God wants you to do it. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this is very much a cult. That was a fascinating case. Isn't it fascinating? Yeah. yeah. It really was. Yeah. Those poor two daughters. I know. Yeah. Ugh. Whew. Okay. Whew. So this week, I don't have a case. Yeah. I just decided, you know. Yes. Take more time. It's funny. With this podcast, it's always so fun. Yeah. And I always like, even when it's high pressure, it's like, well, I I look forward to it. And this week with Peanut Gone, I was just kind of like, nope, I want to. Yeah. I want to chill. Of course. Thank you, everyone, for indulging me. How dare you take time for your own mental health, Kristen? Well, it is outrageous. (laughs) Did you see the new Britney documentary? I have not seen it yet. Have you watched it? I was a little disappointed, honestly. Were you really? Yeah. Okay, I've read a bunch of articles about it, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay, I was really hoping they'd have interviews with people close to her or some kind of bigger revelations. But, I mean, if you're even just casually well-informed about the conservatorship, you're really— There's nothing new. No. Oh, that's disappointing. I mean, still watch it. Yeah, it's I'm going to watch bitch, it. Yeah, but, it's pretty know. bitch. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. But her her dad seems like a real bag of dicks. Yeah. Giant bag of dicks. Yeah. And she seems pretty fucking competent yeah. to be handling her own shit. Yeah. Anyway, that's my opinion. <laughs> You know what we haven't talked about? What's that? The Patreon. Ooh, oh, the Patreon, darling. Yes. Mm. Yes. Let's talk about the Patreon. You know, a lot of you just can't get enough of us. I mean, who can blame you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> we hear it all the time <laughs> from anyone. Just yeah. ask anybody. That's right. Ask anyone. <laughs> just wherever you're at right now, just look around and say, hey. What do you know about LGTC's Patreon? <laughs> and they'll say, what? <laughs> so if you want more of us at the $5 level on Patreon, you can get bonus episodes. Meaty boys. Meaty boy bonus we episodes. We call them because they're not thin boys. They're nope. not. We're not skimping. No. Nope. It's a meaty boy episode. That's full right. length episode. You also get. Full length meat. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Don't make it weirder than I already made it. Also, at that level, you get into the Discord to chat the day away. At the $7 level, you get all that plus bonus videos. Mm. This month, what are you doing, Brandy? I'm revealing the cookie secret. Mm. We So a while back, we said mm. if we hit 1,700 patrons mm-hmm. that I would reveal my secret cook recipe. I'm very excited. And we've done it. So that's the bonus video this month. Uh-huh. I'm, you guys... These cookies, out of this world. <laughs> I, mean, like, I think people are going to be pretty let down by the secret. No, Brandy, they won't. Okay, they'll watch it and they'll be like, really? But then they'll make it and they'll be like, oh my oh God, my this God. really is a game changer. It really That's, is a game changer. See, I can see you getting insecure. I am. I am You're insecure. getting insecure, yes. but the cookies speak for themselves. <laughs> okay, excellent. 
They are talking cookies. Uh, also, at that level, you get inducted into the Supreme Court. That's right. What more could you ask for? Oh, what's that? You could ask for a sticker with and our a, autographs? With a card? That's okay. right. All right, okay. fine. Go ahead. Take it. Yeah. Then, at the $10 level, that's the, the Bob, Bob Moss. Moss level, you get all that plus ad-free episodes a day early, 10% Oof. off on merch. Whoa! Holy! Oh, oh. It's amazing. I thought she was going to say 5% off. But no! no she said 10. All the way to oh. 10! Oh, my gosh! <laughs> How are they making any money? <laughs> I love your, your our listener commentary oh, yeah. you're filling in there. That's how everyone sounds. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, oh my land. 10% off. That really adds up. <laughs> and at this point in the episode, <laughs> oh my gosh, we just got an order on the merch store. Well, they must have heard. They heard. They must have heard. <laughs> oh, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 
Because you might need to go back and get more of... Well, okay, this goes back to how you and I are different eaters. How yeah. You don't want anything to touch. Yeah, I'm not a big... I'm not into that. Yeah. I'm not going to put... I'm certainly not going to put anything on, on anything else either. Yeah, and me... Throw it all in the mouth. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Shoot it all up. <laughs> That's how I roll. Oh, this is a question for you, Kristen. Okay. Data Sovich asks, who's that guy in your profile picture behind you? Oh, okay. So in Discord, I have a picture up of uh, myself looking at a picture of Tom Pendergrast. Yeah. That's um, Kansas City crime boss. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Sometimes I go fancy places. Well, that was obviously a couple years yeah. ago when I was allowed out of the house. Past life. <laughs> I say I was allowed out of the house. Like, I'm, I'm under house arrest. arrest yeah. Feels like it. Ooh. All right. Kristen's Bed Bath & Beyond bags coming back. Mm-hmm. Wants to know. Would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized elephants or one elephant-sized duck? Duck-sized elephants. I think so, too. Yeah. Elephants are fucking huge. Yeah. And they kill people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 I'm going to go 100. It's, yeah. 100 duck-sized elephants. Mm-hmm. Although, I really like elephants. I don't want to find an elephant. Even if they are duck-sized. I'd probably just try and hug them. I think you would be over that urge real quick when they started stampeding you. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm picturing myself like Gulliver. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. Down bitch says, "Can you say congratulations to my friend Elizabeth who got me into LGTC? She just got her results back yesterday that she is cancer free." Oh my gosh! <gasps> Absolutely, congratulations, Elizabeth! Holy shit! Oh my goodness! Ugh. Fuck cancer! Yeah, that's right. LZ asks, favorite Super Bowl commercial. Because my sense of humor is so sophisticated, my mm-hmm. favorite was the Beavis and Butthead Paramount commercial. I'm amazed you were allowed to laugh at all during that Super Bowl. <laughs> that was before the game okay. started. Okay. Or like at the very beginning of the game. It was, it was very early in when I could still laugh yeah. through the tears. <laughs> Kicked Corgi wants to know, when you two finally leave your men for each other, do you think David and Norm will get together? You know, I think David and Norm would be a nice couple. I do too. Um, kind of because you and Norm are very similar. And you and David are very similar. So really, would it be that different? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) If we did a switcheroo tonight, would anyone really know? (laughs) I think David and Norm would actually have a great time I do too. Because they've got a lot in common. They really do. Maybe would, we're standing in their way. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, would they enjoy banging each other? I mean, we almost ought to just let them let figure it out. It, see it, see yeah. how it feels. <laughs> Toasty and Mellow asks, what's London up to these days? She is growing like a weed. She's getting so big. Hmm. She's crawling and rolling around like crazy. She can get anywhere she wants to. She has this new trick. So my mom watches her while I'm at work and stuff. And she has this like she has this little chair she sits in at my mom's. And it's kind of like, I don't know, like kind of cradles her in it yeah. for, for safety. Yeah. Well, she now has figured out how to roll over in it. And then crawl out of, like, climb out of it. Good Lord. Yeah. She's seven months old. 
Is that the chair that when you described it, Norman wanted one for himself? Yes. <laughs> it is. Yes. It's the kind that basically helps you sit up yeah. on your own. Yes. Yeah. Norman was like, oh, wow. <laughs> that was great. And we had to tell him, like, this is for infants, Norm. Uh, London is also eating, finally. She uh, was very slow to take to, like, baby food. She just was not interested in it at all. Like now her she, mother, she's a right. you know, picky eater. Very picky eater. Now she loves her fruits and veggies. So hmm. she's doing great. <laughs> Carl's Jr. says, y'all keep saying that Norm hasn't been on the podcast because he's too busy with gaming historian stuff. But then you also tell a lot of stories about him working out in the yard. It sounds like you're having a hard time keeping your story straight. <laughs> Anything you'd like to say about that? Just a reminder, this is being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? Um, I've got a receipt right here. That's right. Right here in my pocket. We both went to Target and we bought one thing and one thing only. <laughs> Ooh, Prayers for Norm's Butthole says, <laughs> you did an episode a year ago where you interviewed the dog lady of Lansing Prison. Who, from what case in the last year, would you love to interview and why? So I have a two. I have two that okay. I think could be very good. Um, and they're both wrongful convictions. Okay. I think Ryan Ferguson would be oh, amazing to interview. You just want to stare into his dreamy I, eyes. I do want to stare into we his dreamy eyes. We couldn't interview him because we've but been he, too creepy. Uh, you're right. We would be super creepy. But he has done a lot of work. Um, in like the wrongful conviction space. So I think right. that he would be very interesting. That had, I had trouble getting that word out. <laughs> and he would be very interesting to to interview. Mm-hmm. And the other um, is Pete Coons. And he's local. He's the guy who was framed. <gasps> yes. Oh, and man. And went to prison for 12 years. Oh, that'd be interesting. Realistically, we might we like if I tried hard enough, I might be able to do that. But I think I'd be too nervous. I know, I know. That's the thing is, I <laughs> that was the thing with Toby is that we had like, like you had a connection to yeah, her. Yeah, was, yeah. I I knew her really, yes. really well, so it, it wasn't really like a scary thing to be like, yeah. hey, come back to my house. Yeah, you know where you've been many times. Right, exactly. Mm. Yeah, man, man. Best friends, yours, Yasmin says, if you could meet a celebrity, who would it be? Besides Dax Shepard. Okay. What? I have a I have an obsession right now. What? Who is Colin it? Colin Jost. I just read his book. Oh, did like, you this really? Week. It's good, isn't it? It's so good. Yeah. I didn't expect to cry. What part made you cry? When he talks about his mom. I knew that would be the part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved his book. I've always loved him. I love him on Weekend Update. Uh-huh. I um, I saw his movie, that his little indie movie that he oh, wow. wrote and directed. Uh-huh. Yes, I've always, I've, I've always really liked him, and he's just so handsome. <laughs> I was gonna say he is your type. He is one hundred percent my type of handsome. He's just got a perfect face. Yeah, um, I really liked when he talked about dealing with negative comments. Oh he yeah, talked about how I thought it was so interesting that when people said he was bad at Weekend Update. He took that to mean, I am a bad person. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, that really hits home. Hits home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Yes. But no, his book is so good. What's it called? A punchable uh, Very face? punchable face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really liked his book. It was excellent. Hmm. Okay. We're getting a, a few questions from people, and some aren't even questions. They're just nice comments about Peanut. I do want to I do want to say maybe some things that have helped me this week. Absolutely. Um, 
one thing I did that I thought would be absolutely fucking awful but turned out to be like one of the few things that actually made me feel better was I sat down and I wrote a long letter to Peanut Mm -hmm. just, you know, and I mean, it was not concise at all. And it was just thanking her for being in my life and for, you know, just telling her how much I love her and like, you know, going through all our years together and what we did. And it was honestly, it was like magic. Yeah. Writing that letter and getting that out. Um, the other. That's amazing. Oh, it, it felt so good. Yeah. It felt so good to write it all down. And I think that, that really helped me turn the corner from being so upset about her loss to really thinking about, like, we had such an amazing life yes. together. Yeah. It was, we had so much fun together. I loved her so much. She loved me so much. Yeah. I'm, yeah, it just kind of shifted. Yeah. It shifted things so much to think about, okay, we had 13 amazing amazing years years. together. And, you know, one bad day, you know? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. The other thing that helped, and this is one that, like, so I've always thought people who keep their pets' ashes are weird. Mm Mm-hmm. And so literally, I think from day one with Peanut, it scared me how much I loved her. Mm -hmm. And so I would think about like, okay, when she goes, you know, I will spread her ashes here or there. And the thing is like, I've moved so many times. So I was thinking, you know, I've kind of updated that in my head of like where I would want to spread her ashes. Uh Um, But then like my parents moved and that was going to be a place. And it's like, well, I'm not going to like go bust onto somebody's property. And then the other thing is like, okay, so I'm going to spread her ashes and never be never uh, be around around them again. Um, And Norman, a couple days after Peanut died, said just said, we're going to keep her. Uh We're just going to keep her. Yeah. And that was the first time I smiled in like three days. Yeah. Um, because it was so reassuring to know that, no, we're just going to, yeah. you know, he's going to make a, a little box for her. He's going to do something nice and we're just going to keep her ashes. Yeah. I think it's so funny because like my whole life with Peanut, I was always like, I'm not a crazy dog person, but I am going to buy a dog stocking for my dog. At <laughs> and, like I would like, do these things. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's like all the way to the end. I, like, I'm not a crazy dog person, but, you know, I am. Yeah. Hello. Yes. And so, you know, there are just a few things that have made me feel so much better. Um, knowing that we're going to keep her has made me feel a lot better. Yeah. Um, this morning. So, well, Norman and I have just gone through tons of old pictures of her. I'm getting a bunch of them printed, which I've realized I've I've never been good about printing out pictures, and I'm always kind of like, you know, especially with Peanut, it's like, well, I see her all day, every day. I don't really need a picture. Well, now I need pictures, and now I'm, like, really wishing I had pictures of her right this second. So, anyway, we're doing that, too. That's great. It is great, Brandy. Sweet Peanut. Yeah. She was so lucky to have you. It's so weird to not have her. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. This house sucks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've also realized that there are so many noises that I attributed to her that weren't her. Turns out my cats are really fucking noisy. <laughs> 
Norman and I are going through that, like, this past week has been a solid thing of, like, oh, my God, did you know Boo made so much noise going up the stairs? Like, no, I no. thought that was a 40-pound dog. <laughs> hmm. I miss that girl. Ooh, Kristen, I really feel like this question is for you. Mm-hmm. Silicon asks, which fast food restaurant chain would you pick to meet with a hitman? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, it, I mean, it really all depends. <laughs> Am I trying to fly under the radar because I can't go to Taco Bell then? <laughs> Why? Well, they if know I, you at Taco Bell? If I'm trying to be like, oh, it couldn't possibly have been me. Oh, I never that's go right. there. I never go. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's you true. know where I never go? Where? Arby's. Okay. Don't go to Arby's. So, so you're I would pick, get yourself a Jamocha shake. No, that sounds disgusting. Okay, I do. I love a curly fry. I do love a curly fry. But like, roast beef sandwich, pass. Jamocha shake, pass. So you're just getting curly fries. Yeah, they got mozzarella sticks. Okay, this this is my issue. You can't do all that well. You gotta you (laughs) gotta narrow Narrow it down. down. Yep, yep. See, I would see that menu and be like, impossible. Okay. You know what they have there that seriously kicks ass? (laughs) (laughs) What? Cherry turnovers. That's like their dessert. Really? And it's good? It's good. But you got to get them fresh. Okay. Sometimes they're hard and it's not as good. Okay. Here's the other thing. Okay. (laughs) They might tell you it's a cherry turnover Mm -hmm. and then you get home and it turns out it's an apple raisin turnover. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just... I'm the sure you worst surprise ever. I'm sure you handled that great. <laughs> okay, where would you go? Um, Long John Silver's. Oh yeah, you would never go to a Long no, John Silver's. I wouldn't. <laughs> Do you not eat seafood? No, not... I like seafood. Okay, okay. I like seafood. I think I've never had an experience with Long John Silver's that didn't end up in the bathroom. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> the last time I even went to a oh, Long John Silver's. Yeah, I don't, I don't even. I have no idea. I think for me, there's there's a point where I'm like, no, I want to pay more than this for seafood. For seafood, yes! I'm in the middle of the country. <laughs> yes! This should be more than $4. <laughs> this is really scary. Is. Uh. <laughs> oh. What? Brandy, seeing that you can fit your whole fist to your mouth, which how do you know that breath best friend yours, Yasmin? Have I mentioned that on the show before? Yeah, you have. You've bragged about I think more than one. What? Yeah, that you can fit your whole fist to your I mouth. I can't fit my full fist to my mouth. I'm just surprised that I've said that on this show before. You abs- I have a picture of you doing it. Oh, yeah. From high school. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's, that's cool. That's quite the achievement. I could probably <laughs> update that photo. Yeah. So she goes on to ask, how many marshmallows do you think you can fit in your mouth, a.k.a. the Chubby Bunny Challenge? You know, every time. Did you ever did we ever play that? Yeah. Yeah. OK. Do you remember the one time that I that we did it with Milk Duds? No. Yeah, we did it in Christine's basement. Okay. We did it with Milk Duds. You I fit, love Milk Duds. I fit 31 Milk Duds in my mouth. <laughs> And was it the best night of your life? That was terrible because then I couldn't move my mouth. Yeah. And I had 31 milk cans in there just like melting away. Okay, big marshmallows. Mm-hmm. 10? I bet you could do 10. Yeah. yeah. But you know what I always think of when I think of Chubby Bunny? Hmm. 
a very special episode of the Oprah Winfrey program. Oh. Yeah, somebody's, like, daughter choked and choked died. Choked to death during playing, Chubby Bunny? Yes, yes. And so they went on the Oprah show to, like, tell people, stop playing Don't that play game. Don't play Chubby Bunny anymore. I had no idea. So we will not test we it. We will not. But the answer is 31 milk duds. <laughs> I'm lucky I did not choke and die that day. I'm sure you have a conversion chart in the back of your cookbook. (laughs) Kerberm asks, what TV shows have you guys been watching? Okay. I am a million years behind. One million exactly. Okay. So you don't have a TV at all. This week, I watched on Netflix. What? The Staircase. (gasps) Oh. Brandy, you are a million years I behind. Am. But it's so good, isn't it? Oh my god, I can't Holy believe you finally shit, watched it. It was so good. Okay. I so then I told Casey that I need mm-hmm. her to watch it because I need to discuss it with her. Oh my god, is she also a million years <laughs> yeah. behind? She said she watched the first episode and thought it was boring and no! then went back. And I agree, the first episode is kind of boring. It gets so fucking good though. What what are your thoughts? I'm scared to say it with a microphone in front of me. Say it. We'll cut it if you want to cut it. I think he might not be guilty. I don't think he's guilty at all. Yeah. I really don't think he's guilty. No. And and I've I've said my opinion on this uh-huh. podcast before. I've watched The Staircase three times now. Uh-huh. Um, I really think that he comes across weird. Yeah. He comes across kind of flowery, which... Yeah. And by flowery, I mean like his language yeah, is his flowery. Yeah, his language. Yeah, he's fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that comes across as fake to people. Mm-hmm. But when you watch the documentary, you realize, no, he talks that way all the all time. All the time. He always speaks in flowery language. He always speaks as if he's writing a novel. Uh-huh. In his because head. he's a novelist. And I don't know. I To me, yeah, it really just seems like... It was bad luck. I just, I, I think she, I think she fell down I think the she, stairs. I think she fell. I think that the, that the dramatization they did where she fell and then slipped in the blood and fell again. And that explains how yeah. I think it makes so much sense. Yeah. I, yeah, I was very, because I thought I knew the case. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew the case. And I was yeah. like, well, I'm just going to watch this and see how full of shit this guy is. Mm-hmm. No. I don't think he's full of shit at all. I loved his attorney. Yes. Yeah. I thought oh, he was so I good. Actually, he's actually doing like a, a thing for the Kansas Bar Association, like for their continuing education where he's going to do like a lecture really? and stuff. And I was like, do I have to be a member of the Bar Association <laughs> to take that? Do I have to go to law school just so <laughs> right. I can go just to this so thing? Can, all right, I will. Just so I can hear David Rudolph talk? <laughs> uh, yeah. that The staircase is so good. It's so good. I've yeah. So since I told Casey to watch it, I've now asked her like four times if she's mm-hmm. watched it yet, mm-hmm. and three of those were on the same day. And she said <laughs> no. And if you ask me again, I will not watch it. <laughs> so. Well, well, that's just rude of her. Hmm. Hmm. Also, it would be fascinating if that trial took place today. Oh yeah, because so much of it was like. <gasps> He's a bisexual. He is bisexual. He's a bisexual. Oh my god! <laughs> I completely agree. And okay, I'm gonna be a huge bitch. Uh huh. That prosecutor's eye makeup. Oh, it's atrocious. 
Have you heard of a blending brush, ma'am? No, no, she has not. She has not. What she needed was a bisexual man (laughs) to teach her how to blend her eyeshadow. Am I right? (laughs) I do. Do you think it's possible that... Kathleen knew he was bisexual. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. And they were like, do you think that this woman had any idea that her husband? Yes. I think it's very possible. Yeah. I I think at that time in North Carolina, yeah. that was like unfathomable mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's. It's also possible that she didn't know yeah. and, and that, yeah, it would make her really mad as, yeah. you know, yeah, if, yeah. if someone was being unfaithful, sure, that sure. would make you mad. Yeah. But, yeah, I also think it's totally possible that she knew he was bi. Yeah, I do, too. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. The, I actually, I, I went away from that documentary feeling very sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that he loved her very much. Mm-hmm. I believe that they had a great relationship. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. No, he didn't love her because he was bisexual. He was a bisexual. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sound the alarm. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and he looked at pornography. <gasps> Hardcore pornography. pornography. <laughs> oh. You guys, if you haven't seen this, I mean, it is... It is wild how scandalized this woman is by the idea that someone could be into dudes and ladies. It's like she thought he made it up. He, like, invented something. Bisexuality. Yes, he's the inventor of bisexuality. This man here invented bisexuality. Oh, my God. I loved it. I, I'm i offended. I've been trying to get you to watch that for fucking years. Okay, because I watched the first episode. I I watched the first mm-hmm. I've seen the first episode mm-hmm. probably three times. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, meh, meh. Mm-hmm. And then this time I powered through. Oh, it's so fucking good. Brandy, I have tried to tell you many times that I am an influencer. And so when I tell you... <laughs> To watch something, you should be influenced. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, if you, like me, are one million years behind and have never seen The Staircase, mm-hmm. fucking get on it and watch it. Okay. Okay. Okay, Bed, Bath, and Backseat wants to know, is there any woo-woo stuff you're into? Acupuncture, crystals, etc. Oh, Brandy's thinking. Thinking about the woo-woo. Mm. Woo-woo. I'm very interested in trying acupuncture. Oh, are you really? I am. Why? Why does it interest you? Well, okay, because I think think it could be cool. Mm -hmm. I also think reflexology seems very cool. I'd like to try those things. Mm -hmm. And because there are certain things like... Um, Like, I'm terrified to go to the chiropractor. I will never go to the chiropractor. So I feel like this might be, you know, like a different version of that. Yeah. Okay, so when I worked... For Walgreens, yeah, I think I've told this story before. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one of the managers of my store. His wife went to the chiropractor and was paralyzed. Yeah. So I'm terrified to go to the chiropractor. Yeah, I mean that would but scare the shit out of you. Lots of hairstylists regularly go to 
the chiropractor because like you're standing all yeah, day yeah, around, yeah. Do, do weird positions and stuff like that I'm doing weird positions right now yeah, I'm you. also doing the robot right now which is how <laughs> I cut hair so <laughs> and it, she charges more as she should because you know she's adding on an extra little experience for you yeah. but I got, so I got a lot of tightness yeah in my in my shoulder region well, that's not a region <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think of the two of us, I'm more woo-woo yeah. than you are. Yeah. How many crystals you got? You got rose quartz over there making you feel good? I do have some crystals. <laughs> <laughs> They've all been given to me. Yeah. Um, let's see. You know, something – here's the thing. I'm more of an aspiring woo-wooer. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, I really should meditate. Yeah. I need to do yoga. I feel like I would love yoga. Okay, every time I've done yoga, I have fucking loved it, and I find it so relaxing. Right. But then the idea of doing yoga, I'm like, mm. yeah, what the hell is that about? Right. I don't know. You know what? what? You know what I want to do. What do you want to do? Goat yoga. Is that where you do yoga with a goat? Yeah, and the goats climb on you <laughs> while you do yoga. That seems really weird. Like to go from. Oh, I I don't do yoga much, but I'm gonna just jump ahead to the goat, goat yoga. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of like a inter, it's like an introductory level yoga. I disagree. <laughs> it's I like, disagree. It's like you know, kind of just like you know, fun novelty yoga. <laughs> if I'm a goat and I I have to decide, do I want someone who is in tabletop regularly versus someone who's just trying this out for the first time? I want I want that flat back. <laughs> Goats can, like, stand sideways on a mountain, Kristen. <laughs> I think a goat can climb on me just fine. It's just another place to shit. <laughs> oh, can you? Okay. Okay. Would you be cool about a goat shitting all over you? I would have. It's not its fault. That would have to be. Yeah. I've come into its... Habitat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so if it shits on me, it shits on me. That's a very healthy way to view it. Yeah. <laughs> I would love some video of that. <laughs> Ooh. Scuncherino asks hmm. Would you rather be a master detective or a master criminal? Ooh. Master detective. Same. Yeah. yeah. I want to solve the crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to handle being a cri- criminal. I'm way too anxious. <laughs> Maybe that's part of being a master criminal is your anxiety goes away. Think about that. <laughs> huh? Huh? Think about that for a second. <laughs> and it doesn't really say what type of crimes you're doing. Probably just fucking art heist out the ass. What if you were the best art heister ever? Sounds terrible. Okay, fine. I won't make you do it. Jeez. Jeez. You know what I think we should do now? Supreme Court induction. Yeah. This week we are reading your names and favorite cookies. Maureen Hilton. Sugar cookies with sprinkles. Lindsay Reams. Snickerdoodles. Liz Welch. Samoas. Danae. Snickerdoodle. Kyla. Grasshoppers. Randy. Peanut butter with Hershey Kiss on top. Sarah. Peanut butter no bake. Eileen Bell. Peanut butter blossom. Anna. Oatmeal cookies. Mariah. Peanut butter chocolate chip. Samantha. 
chocolate chip with walnuts, 50-year-old mattress, buttery shortbread, gin brown, ginger snap, Amber Newman, Grandma Strong's chocolate crinkle cookies, Cat Desai, cookie cake, Michelle Nicholson, salted caramel, Cash Rivero, chocolate chip, Christine Taylor, mega stuffed Oreos, Megan, snickerdoodles, welcome, welcome to the Supreme Court! Kristen did a whole lot of hand yeah. motions there. But I've got a question. Are Snickerdoodles like the new basic bitch cookie? I mean, Everybody I guess. I mean, I love Snickerdoodles. Snickerdoodles are great, but they got to be just right. I like a chewy Snickerdoodle, not a crumbly Snickerdoodle. All right. What do you like? I don't know that I've ever met a Snickerdoodle I didn't like. Oh, okay. All right. Also, I think we've decided that uh, we've learned that Snickerdoodles are an American cookie because there's all kinds of people who've been in the Discord. They're like, what is a Snickerdoodle? And they are alarmed to find out it has nothing to do with a Snickers candy bar. Yeah, which, you know, I can understand (laughs) how that would be alarming. Yeah. Although it would look like someone took a big fat turd on your cookie if, like, you just set one of those little mini, yeah. Yeah, fun size Snicker right Uh on there. Yeah, it would. Mm -hmm. Although I would eat it. I would eat it too. On that note, (laughs) thank you guys for all of your support. We appreciate it so much. If you're looking for other ways to support us, please find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Patreon. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And then be sure to join us next week when we'll be experts on two whole new topics. Podcast adjourned. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. I got my info from an episode of Snapped, Oxygen.com, The Salina Journal, and The Lawrence Journal World. For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff.